Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome, everyone. Great to be with you. One more episode here. Before we dive in, let's talk about a free online course you can download. It's a video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. You can download it using the link in the show notes, and it's a great resource to help you deal with the impact of betrayal and also heal from, if you're the one that created the betrayal, for you to be able to heal from the the damage that you've done and be able to rebuild trust. This is a course that will help give you some guidance and some sure footing in the first days, weeks, and months of trying to rebuild trust and get back on your feet. Feel free to download it using the link in the show notes and we'll send it to you right away. So we're back today talking about intimacy. Yep. This is our third episode on this. Again, we thought we could cover all of them in one episode, but (laughs) we have (laughs) have a lot to say about it, which is great. So, So the first episode, if you haven't listened, we did talk about physical intimacy two episodes ago. And then last episode, we talked about emotional intimacy. And And today we're going to focus on intellectual intimacy. Mm -hmm. Which I think I kind of started to try and get into last time. did a little bit. These these all cross over. Yeah, they do. Intellectual is primarily about sharing ideas, opinions, and perspectives. Mm. And also being able to challenge somebody in their ideas and thinking and being willing to learn from somebody's ideas and perspective. You are so good at this one. Hey, thank you. You are. What are you thinking of? I didn't grow up in a family that had a, that like debated ideas or talked about oh, ideas a mm-hmm. lot. And you did. Yeah, yeah, we did. You did. And I and so I I think that was something that I, I think I I I have always had a lot of opinions and and thoughts and ideas and I was a real thinker growing up. And it wasn't really until I went to school, to college, university, where I started to meet people that could do that. My parents and my siblings aren't dumb. Oh, no. It's just not the culture that I grew up in. Okay, right. I think my dad is probably more like that. Like Mm -hmm. he's a real thinker and likes to challenge ideas and talk through things like that. But And your sister. Oh, yeah? Which one? Debbie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my baby sister. Yeah. She is. Uh Uh-huh. So- but just wasn't something that, you know, I'm a lot older than her. We didn't really grow up a lot together. Right. And so- So you didn't have that as a foundation. But your family, like I really loved gathering and, and it was like, there was not this, there wasn't any fear or, I mean, your dad's an attorney. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your, your mom's an author and writer and a, mm-hmm. a real thinker. And, you know, so I just, I married into this family where people just debated ideas and talked about different things. and. Mm questioned things and wondered about things. And some ideas were so off the wall. And it was just so interesting that it was mm-hmm. like, everything was kind of fair game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I loved, I love that part about you. I love how you bring that into our family and create this culture of, of a lot of intellectual intimacy. It's really, mm. I think, a strength. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about some details around that because it, sometimes it can be a strength and, mm-hmm. and other times it can like go south 
really fast and really bad. We've seen that. Yeah. In your family as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do, I have an aunt who has passed away now, but I remember her saying one time, well, let's just do this thought experiment. And then she started just sharing something that was non-conventional. And I just thought, okay, yeah. Like we're just thinking outside the box about a possibility of something. Yeah. No consequences for just having ideas and just just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Mm -hmm. So uh, going back to safety. Yeah. Right. Yes. (laughs) We, we talked about this in the last two episodes that again, this is a podcast and an audience generally that are dealing with some type of betrayal. Mm -hmm. Most of the folks that, that are drawn to our work are dealing with something like that. And so recognize that if you're dealing with an ongoing crisis, you haven't been given the truth yet, or you've just discovered something and there's a lot of unsafety or chaos or ongoing patterns that are really unsafe, recognize that intellectual intimacy is something that will be more important down the road. Yeah, absolutely. You could still have it with other people, but there has to be a a foundation of safety. Mm -hmm. Right. To even open up about ideas. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need to know that if you're sharing something that's going on in your own, you know, in your own person that's sharing a part of you and what what you value, you need to know that it it will be met with, not that it has to just be swallowed whole just because you say it, but that it's met without judgment. Mm -hmm. That somebody just respects who you are and where you're coming from, even if the idea itself, you know, they're not so sure about. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, admittedly, this is a really challenging thing in our culture today. Right. People are very polarized around their ideas, mm-hmm. their political affiliations, their, yeah. their beliefs and things there, like that. There's a lot of identity that's yes. kind of embedded in mm-hmm. the ideas themselves. Yeah. So to disagree with an idea me, becomes personal so fast. So fast. Mm-hmm. And so I love what your, you know, what your aunt said to you around hey, there aren't any consequences for us just exploring this idea, right? Mm-hmm. You know, ideas aren't like harmful. We're just talking about right. exploring something here. And sure, obviously some ideas, ideological things can turn into action and become very dangerous. Yes. But having a relationship where you can explore and, and work out your thoughts and work out ideas is really quite rewarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's often missing... In couple relationships. Yeah. Many couples don't have a really strong intellectual intimacy and they outsource it to other people, which is fine. And maybe they're both fine with that. And couples who find that they want more, you can do something very simple, like take a class together, like learn a language together or take a cooking class or learn, yeah, you know, take a gardening class together. But learn something that will give you some intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So you're entering into a joint venture and you have some things to share and to talk about and ideas to express, you know. Yeah. And if you run out of things to talk about as a couple, mm-hmm. this might be an area that needs more yeah. development. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if you're going to work every day, you're obviously intellectually being challenged to some degree, unless you have a job that you know, but even, even a job that might even be just really simple, mm. probably still involves thinking through how to make it better, how to do it more efficiently. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of something simple, like let's say your job is digging holes. There's probably 
intellectually ways that you can figure out how to mm-hmm. optimize or challenges that. that you face with, yeah. with each new hole or yeah. yeah so purposes. I think no matter what work or contribution you're doing, how you're spending your time, there's, there's intellectual stuff going on and the willingness to just open up about that and talk about it is intellectual intimacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly you don't really enhance intellectual intimacy by just dispensing all your knowledge about your one thing that you know about. Right. That's not really intellectual intimacy. That's a lecture. Yeah. And that might be best saved for people who understand that world or people who want the lecture, people who are interested in a monologue about about <laughs> a topic that you might know a lot about. Right. Who have either subscribed to your podcast <laughs> or, sure. or signed sure. up. And- Speaking of monologuing. <laughs> or people who have driven to some building to listen to you or Uh logged in and watched your speech. Mm -hmm. Right. But in the back and forth, it's about sharing ideas and making room for two people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that can happen. You can, I mean, I've, I've certainly been in lots of relationships like this over the years with colleagues and family members and, and such where never with you though. I mean, I really, I really am kind of tooting your horn here, but like you're really open to my ideas and I think you you share freely. We talk back and forth. I've always appreciated that. That's been very nice. That's something that's worked really well mm. in this relationship. Among other struggles we may have had, this <laughs> yeah, one, we've, plenty of- we've always had things to talk about. Okay, and there's yeah. always been this exchange of ideas. But I've been in relationships where it's been one-sided, where one person would just take the mic. And there's a, almost like a one-up power play that goes on with that. Yes. I, I don't always think it's intentional. I don't think most people are you know, masterminds trying to dominate someone. But man, it sure feels good to be the one talking. Well, sure. It's right? just that there only gets to be one of you. <laughs> so yeah, that can hijack mm-hmm. intimacy there fast. Big time. Well, and then when you practice that too much in your close relationships, you think that you come to believe that that's, that that's intimacy in other relationships. Even if you're not like, quote unquote, looking for intimacy it's just part of your social world that you just show up and get to start talking and people will want to listen. And that's kind of a, you may not recognize it, but it can be a dangerous place to be because that's not real. Most of us don't get to just go show up somewhere and start talking and have people actually care what we have to say, unless we're like engaging, unless there's like some momentum, some building, some back and forth, like sharing, there's synergy there. Right. But not in the spouting. No. Alone. And there's a lot of talking heads and media personalities and, mm-hmm. you know, people out there who they get on a talk show or they get interviewed and they, they do all the talking. And so it's in the guise of it being like a, a back and forth, but it's really mm-hmm. not. They're there to deliver their platform, their thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that stuff should be saved just for those. And I don't, regular sure, there human. there is a time and a place. Yeah. Regular mm-hmm. relationships require a back and forth. Well, there's no intimacy there. No. No. It's just it's a, a performance. Yeah. So I'm thinking about. And this is something I, I'm realizing right now that I wish I would have brought up in the, the one on emotional intimacy. So we, okay. let's talk about that with these two, because these two do overlap. I, sure. I crisscrossed them last time a little bit, and I think they're easy to do because emotions and thoughts, sometimes, you know, they, anyway. But I, I think, again, contextually, culturally right now, so many people are communicating asynchronously mm. via text, mostly text messages, emails, kind of, if you're 50 and older. <laughs> yeah. I don't think my daughter checks her email uh. ever. Or, you know, or even asynchronous things like Marco Polo or things like that. There's a lot of asynchronous communication going on. 
And Sherry Turkle, who's an MIT professor, who's written a lot about the impact of technology on relationships, she talks about that there's a huge loss in intimacy and connection when we keep everything asynchronous. Mm. So I'll have a lot of couples come in and they'll actually show me evidence of a conversation they had on their phone. And a lot of the times, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just trying to redirect it back to like, well, what did you say face to face? Like that's where the real exchange happens in my view. I think texting is awesome. Use it all the time, but for working out ideas or intimacy or connection and stuff like that, it's, it's not that great, mostly because it's asynchronous and you lose that real time energy and feedback and back and forth that I think we really need and crave. Yeah. So if you feel like you're missing out or want to improve your intellectual intimacy in in today's episode, I recommend you try and do it in person or on the phone. Yes. Yes. Not asynchronously. No. Right? No. Yeah. Yeah. There is a place asynchronous can enhance a relationship that's already has a foundation for intimacy, but totally. yeah, you can't work things out. You can coordinate. You can maybe like send a few little relational highlights. Or be impacted really by someone else's thoughts and ideas because to me, it's in the exchange where you start to build and be impacted. Yeah, the energy. I mean, you and I the other day at church had a really interesting intellectual exchange on the ethics oh. of saving seats. <laughs> Remember this? Yes. Yeah, we did. And it was it was in real time during a meeting where we were kind of debating back and forth whether or not it's okay to save seats anymore. <laughs> and we'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Sure. But it was interesting because you started to really share and, and expound on sort of the ethics of how you think it works best and why in some cases it's okay, in other cases it's it's rude. And that exchange was really dynamic and probably was annoying to the people behind us because the meeting had started. Or oh, had it? No, it was before. So. I think we were, we I think were, we were respectful yes. enough to wait. <laughs> anyway, but for anyone listening to our exchange, you, you would have seen that what you had shared was like, it had an impact on me. It did. And mm-hmm. it actually changed my mind Yeah. about seat saving. And so now I'm willing to save seats. I didn't like it for, by the way, that was, <laughs> that was my position initially is I, I just sort of categorically thought it was rude. Mm-hmm. but Jody had some nuances in there around when it could be okay and so on. And it had an impact. I mean, it was that exchange of really a lot of intellectual kind of ethics and mm-hmm. considerations and experiences and so on. And it was a really cool discussion ultimately. And that's to me like the real power of this kind of intellectual intimacy is, is to be willing to get into that exchange of ideas. And Sure, sure. Yeah, and just maintain respect for another mm-hmm. person and yeah. and have, be curious. Yeah. And so- being curious is a great way to develop more of this. Yeah. Just to ask more questions, find out where somebody's coming from, what what led them to this place. And we also discovered that sometimes just point blank asking why, which a lot of people do, mm-hmm. puts makes somebody can often make somebody feel like they have to like defend where they're coming from. Even if you you might just be curious. So if in your practicing of curiosity to elicit more intellectual intimacy in your relationship, it might be better to go with. What did we come up with? Say more about that. Yeah. Say more about that. Tell me how you arrived at that or what brought this up for you mm-hmm. or, or anything that's just a little bit softer than why. Why? Because <laughs> that sounds like your idea is better than theirs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I need to defend it. Convince now. me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Instead of 
really, you know, nurturing the intellectual intimacy. Right. You may as well follow that sentence with why are you an idiot? Because <laughs> that's the tone it takes yeah, oftentimes. It so anyway, so, so yeah, I think we've talked all around that. Is there anything else you'd like to add about it? I loved earlier, you talked about couples that might feel like this is lacking in their relationship, what they can do. And so I want to circle back to that okay, again. Okay. There's just honestly no end to things you could explore and think and talk about. And sometimes I wish my life could be 400 years old because, you know, I just feel like there's so many interesting things that I just am not going to have time for. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many books and ideas and things. And I'm just telling you, like, I'm a very naturally curious person. Some people aren't, they just kind of are basic, whatever, that's fine. But if you feel like you want more of this in your life, you want more intellectual connection or intimacy and ideas with your partner and you've run out of things to talk about, you notice you go on dates and it's just kind of quiet and there's not, start talking about the things that you're problem solving or thinking about or challenges or struggles. And yeah, then ask and, specifically for ideas or yeah, feedback what, or contributions. What problems are you trying to solve right now? And it could be like, oh, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, it could be something about how to figure out some parenting thing, or it could be something at work or, and then you can really expand it. Like you talked about and doing something together. Let's go learn something together. Let's take an online course. Let's read a book. Let's attend a lecture. Let's go see a musical performance. Let's just talk about things mm -hmm. and, or go see a movie and talk about it, break it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can engage in these kinds of conversations. And what's interesting is to see another person and to be seen is intimacy. Yes, this is a big part of that. It is. We're not just emotional creatures. We're not just physical creatures. We have thoughts and ideas uh -huh. and dreams and interesting things that are going on inside of us. And to pass that over and to have someone receive it, you know, it feels pretty cool. Yeah. And it can deepen your connection. Even the most apparently seemingly uninteresting people are actually can be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you don't want to make the mistake of thinking that you already know that guy. Uh-huh. Because we're all like changing, I mean, we're still learning dynamic yeah. individuals. We're still learning a lot about each other in our marriage. I mean, I learned uh -huh. on Sunday <laughs> that you don't have I'm a problem. Okay saving seats. <laughs> saving seats. <laughs> oh, man. So great discussion. Thanks, everyone, mm -hmm. for joining us. We've got one more yeah. that we'll tackle in the next episode. So stay tuned. Yeah. Hope you'll come back and join us again. Mm -hmm.